How you guys doing tonight? Everybody's awake now, right? That's cool. Um, hey, it is already good to be here. I'm so um, impressed by you guys actually braving it through the rain and getting soaked on your way here. So give yourselves a hand for being brave and coming out in the rain. It's really awesome. Hey, this is, uh, this is the really fun part of the night where all semester long, we've had one of our friends, someone among us, get up and tell their story, right? We've been doing that every week. It's been pretty cool. Um, but we're going to do that a little bit different tonight. Um, in fact, all of tonight is going to look a little bit different. Things are going to happen in sections. We figured you guys are really tired and you have a lot going on. Is that true? Your brains are kind of ready for a break, right? So we're going to do things in a little different way tonight. We thought it would be really, really fun to start by letting all of you have a chance to think about what story you would tell if you came up here tonight. So um, before we get started, we're going to be looking at Matthew 28 tonight. If you don't have a Bible and you would like one, raise your hand, because these guys are going to come and bring you a Bible. We're going to use them, and you guys are going to want one tonight. So if you need a Bible, be brave, raise your hand. So we have been journeying through the book of Matthew, and tonight we have come to the end of the book. It's amazing. Almost an entire semester has gone by, and we find ourselves tonight in Matthew chapter 28. So if you have your Bible, go ahead and open up to Matthew chapter 28. To help us think about telling our own stories tonight, we're going to start here. Okay, so open to Matthew 28, and I'm going to ask you just to read along with me. Um, We're going to read verses 1 through 10. Um, And I want you to pay attention and ask yourself, does a story get told in this text? Because I think there is some storytelling that happens there and might inspire us a little bit to do the same. So read with me Matthew 28, starting in verse 1. After the Sabbath, at dawn, on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven, and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. The angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus, who was crucified. He is not here. He has risen, just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples, He has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I have told you. So the women hurried away from the tomb, afraid yet filled with joy, and ran to tell his disciples. Suddenly Jesus met them. Greetings, he said. They came to him, clasped his feet, and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. This is the word of the Lord. Something amazing happens in this first part of our story tonight. These women come and witness an angel who tells them a story. That's the first time we see story. The angel tells them, Listen, he has risen just as he said. The women hear this, and what do they want to do? Someone look at verse 8. What do they do? They hurry off 
to go tell someone else the story. So they heard something amazing, they saw something amazing, and then they hurried off to tell their story and to tell of what God has done. And that's kind of what we've been asking people to do, to come up on the stage at the beginning of our services and declare some of the things that they've seen. And I think you guys would agree, it's been kind of cool to hear those things, right? So tonight, I want you, each of you, to think about this. Think about what is it this semester? Maybe it's through the teachings at the well. Maybe it's through your life group. Maybe it's in your friend group. Maybe it's in your family. I don't know what it is. What have you seen? That's amazing. What have you heard that is new or has challenged you? What has happened that you feel like, I am so thankful for this. This is a way that I want to declare God's faithfulness. This is the way I've seen Jesus this semester. That I want to hurry and tell it. I want to share it. We want to give you guys a couple ways to do this tonight. So when you came in, you each got a turkey, because <laughs> it's almost Thanksgiving, right? So if you can't tell, it's going to be a turkey. You're welcome to decorate it however you want. Do you guys remember doing this in school, like making hand turkeys? Yeah. Okay, so we gave you a turkey. You can decorate it however you want, but here's what I'd like you to do. We're going to give you two minutes, and I want you to write on your turkey. <laughs> sounds funny, but I want you to do it. Write on your turkey, what is it that you have seen? What is it that you have heard or that God has spoken to you or a way he's answered a prayer or a way that you've seen God over the course of the semester? I want you to write it down on here and then we're going to do a few other things with it. Okay, so just take about two minutes, write down some things, ways you've seen Jesus this semester. If you don't have a pen, you could borrow one from someone around you. So if you need something to write with, be brave and ask. Or you can raise your hand, because Chelsea's got some in the back. So if you need a pen, raise your hand. You have about one more minute. If you're ha having a hard time answering the question, you could simply write down something you're thankful for. That's another good way to answer it. So something that you are thankful for, especially as we head into the Thanksgiving season. You guys are very quiet writers. It's impressive. Okay, so here's what I want you to do. We're going to stop being quiet. I want you to turn to one other person and share what you've written. If you're not comfortable sharing it all, that's okay. But share with one other person near you a way that you've seen Jesus, something you've learned, something you want to tell, something you're thankful for. You have about two minutes. So each of you get one minute to talk. And while you're doing that, hold on, while you're doing that, I want you to be thinking if there are any of you out there that are just like, man, I have something so good in my turkey, I have to tell everybody. 
Okay, if that's you, I want you to get ready because I'm going to ask for a few volunteers to come and share with all of us. Okay, so just think about that as you go and share with one person what you wrote down. All right, you have about 30 seconds, 30 seconds to finish up. Okay, here comes the part where a few people need to be brave. So are there any people out here who are like, I have got to tell the whole room what's on my turkey? Any volunteers? Come on, Jared, you can come. We're going to ask you guys to be real short. I, you just need to share for one minute. Come on up. Who else? I need a couple more people. Yeah, come on up. Yeah, right here and right back there. Come on up. We're going to start with these guys. Actually, we're just going to do these guys. I'm excited that so many of you want to share. So we're going to ask for the one-minute version of your story. Is that cool? Jared, you get to go first. Why don't you tell us, introduce yourself, and then tell us your story. Do I really need a microphone? But anyways, uh, I'm Jared. Um, pretty much on my turkey overall. Uh, they kind of all work together. God's provision, God's healing, God's faithfulness, God's power, God's love, and God's forgiveness. Um, my journey here at Grand Valley has been quite different than the traditional route. I'm in my seventh year. Um, but some of you know my story uh, a little bit more detailed than others. But really, came down, I didn't know what I was doing at all coming into the start of this semester. And during the first week of classes, God opened up a door for me to not just get one degree, but get two degrees. He opened up a door for me to uh, have a place to live this semester. And I can officially say on Thursday, I turned in my application for graduation, and I will graduate in April. That's awesome. <laughs> Thanks. So my name is Nikki, um, and my story has to do with Passion 2015. Uh, so a couple, yeah, woo, go Passion. Um, so a couple weeks ago, I think it was like early, early October, um, I went to a, the Campus Praise Rally for October, and they were talking about CPR, and they were like, it's $285, you should sign up. So God laid it on my heart, and so I'm like thinking about it all week, and I'm like, that is a lot of money that I do not have, but I really want to go, and that sounds like a lot of fun. So that weekend I go home 
um, to run in a breast cancer run to commemorate my aunt who died a few years ago. And I get done with the race, and I had gotten first in my age group, and so I was really excited, and I'm on this super high, and my neighbor happens to be there. And she comes up to me, and she's like, I didn't know you were home. And I was like, yeah, you know, I'm just home for the weekend for this run. And she's like, I was actually going to call you. And I was like, okay, why? And she's like, I wanted to know if you would do a punch card for me for babysitting because her son lives down here in Grand Rapids, and I babysit for him sometimes. She, so she was like, I want to know if I can pay you for 30 hours right now up front, and then you'll do this punch card, and you can just go babysit for him for 30 hours throughout the next semester. And I was like, sure, that would be great. And um, she was like, do you mind if I pay you $10 an hour? And I was like, that's fine. <laughs> so I went over to her house, after I got home from the run, and she signed me a check for $300, and then I came down here, and I turned around, and I rewrote a check, and I'm going to Passion. So. Um, Hold I'm, it real close. Okay. There you go. I'm Maddie, and mine was mostly just, like, my first day here. I was really scared about, like, my roommates and my sweet mates, because, like, we found each other on Facebook, but sometimes you can't really trust how online things go. So I was blessed to find out, though, that they are, like, my best friends. We hold each other accountable. We tell each other everything. We always come to the well together, and it's been just such a blessing having them. Hi, everybody. I'm James. Uh, Just kind of a short and sweet summary. I wanted to be thank. I am thankful for God for teaching me very valuable life lessons this semester and introducing me to new, good, and exciting people. So, thank you. Awesome. (laughs) Thank you. You guys can sit down. Thanks for sharing, you guys. Um, So here's what I want to say to sum this up. We have just written down and declared and heard some amazing things that God has been doing this semester. And I think all of us could stand up and say something. And these stories have always concluded with the person saying, this is one reason why I worship. And we just declared all kinds of reasons to worship, right? So will you stand and sing with us? And we're going to do just that. Okay, let's keep going with our story. Go back to Matthew 28. We're going we're gonna to look at another angle of the same text and moving on a little farther. So um, look at Matthew 28, starting in verse 8. So the women hurried away from the tomb, afraid yet filled with joy, and ran to tell his disciples. Suddenly Jesus met them. Greetings, he said. They came to him, clasped his feet, and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee, There they will see me. And then jump down to verse 16. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. After this proclamation of the women and they encounter Jesus, Jesus tells the women to tell the disciples to go and do something that he had already told them to do, but it was a reminder. Go and do this thing that I've asked you to do. And what do they do in verse 16? They went. Jesus said go, and they went. They had witnessed a lot of amazing things, 
And at this moment, they decided to still follow Jesus. They'd seen him die. Now they were hearing of his resurrection, and they were still obeying what he was asking them to do. This semester, over the course of our trip through the book of Matthew, we've been talking about what it means to follow Jesus. It's kind of where we started. If you can remember way back when it was still warm outside, (laughs) and Ben was talking in those first few weeks at the well about discipleship and what it meant to follow Jesus in the first century when Jesus walked on the earth. Um, We talked about what it meant to follow him and how these boys would watch him and decide if he was the kind of person they wanted to follow. That's how people decided whether or not to follow a rabbi. They would listen to his teaching and watch his life and decide, is this the person I want to follow? Is this the person I want to become like? So we spent the rest of the semester talking about who Jesus is and what he did on earth so that we could kind of think through this question for ourselves. Do we really want to follow Jesus? Do we really want to follow Jesus with everything we are? We talked about the Old Testament prophets and the ways that they pointed toward Jesus. We talked about the things that he taught. If you remember the night that we listened to our friends recite the Sermon on the Mount, we listened to Jesus' teaching. We talked about Jesus calming the storm and his power over everything, his ability to bring peace to our chaos. We talked about his ability to heal And we talked about his death on the cross and the ways that, as John proclaimed, he was the Lamb of God who took away the sin of the world. Amen. So after all of these things that you've seen and heard, it all kind of comes down to this final question tonight. Will you follow him? Will you really follow him? If Jesus says to you, hey, I believe that you have what it takes to follow me, to really follow me with your life, do you believe him? If Jesus says to you, I have power over everything and I am going to come and bring order to the chaos in your life, I have come to give you life and life abundant, do you believe him? If Jesus says to you, I died on the cross, And I took your sin and all the punishment that it deserves. And I took it away and it's gone forever. Will you believe him? We want to give you some space tonight to think about the question. Having seen and heard all of these things about Jesus in your own lives and what we've been talking about at the well, Will you really give your heart? Will you really give your life? Will you really follow Jesus with all that you are? The band is going to come and sing, and what I want to encourage you to do is sing along if you want, sit and listen if you want, stand if you want, sit if you want. This time is for you. But really wrestle with that question in this song, and let this be a time for you to maybe to come to some conclusions, um, to think, to pray. God, we stand or sit before you tonight so thankful for all that you are. So thankful for all that you have spoken. All that you have done. 
all the ways that we've seen you and heard about you and learned about you, God, you're so good. And God, tonight there are people here who maybe for the first time decided to offer their heart, their life to you. And we praise you for that, Jesus. And some of us just have these parts of our lives that we need to give to you, that we need to follow you more closely, that we need to be obedient. God, will you help us? We offer ourselves to you tonight. Here are our hearts. Here are our lives. Speak what is true and help us follow. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. You guys can have a seat. So when all was said and done, and the disciples saw all of these things and witnessed the resurrection of Jesus, they were in, right? I mean, they were in. They were going to follow Jesus at all cost. And it's at this point that Jesus gives them some instructions of now that you're in, now that you're following, now that you believe, here's what I want you to do. So we're going to keep reading in Matthew 28. So if you will look with me, Matthew 28, starting in verse 16. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always, even to the end of the age. This is the word of the Lord. If you look in verse 19, there's a really daunting, huge task that Jesus gives them. Having seen all this, having witnessed all of this, having decided to follow me, now therefore go and make disciples of all nations. That's a pretty big task. Would you guys agree? I think when I hear that, I think that is a really big, daunting task. And I'm I'm guessing these guys thought that too. So I want to show you something really amazing that happened right after he gave this command. So if you'll flip over to Acts. So go past Mark, Luke, John, to the book of Acts, chapter 1. I want to show you something that happens that's pretty amazing. Jesus tells his disciples to go back to Jerusalem, and when he does this, he gives them a little bit of instruction about how to tackle this big, huge, daunting task. So look at verse 8. It says this. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. Now that's good news. It's not just by their own power, right? It's by the power of the Holy Spirit. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Okay, so you're in Jerusalem now. I want you to be my witnesses here. But you're going to be my witnesses in Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So I want to show you guys actually something really cool. 
Um, if this is working. Ah, there we go. Okay. So they're hanging out here in Jerusalem. All right? And Jerusalem is in the center, kind of in the lower part of Israel. This is all Israel right here, this whole section. But you've got Jerusalem here. And then he says, in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and then to the ends of the earth, all over the place. Okay? Now, here is something really, really cool. We're not going to look at all of this, but in Acts chapter 2, a really amazing thing happens. Right after Jesus gives them this command to spread his word to the ends of the earth, this huge daunting task, right? Tells them to stay in Jerusalem, and guess what happens? There, there are three festivals in the Jewish year, as commanded in the Old Testament, that God commanded his people to all come to Jerusalem to worship, to the temple. One of those festivals is called Shavuot. Say Shavuot. This happens to be when the story in Acts chapter 2 takes place. Okay, so remember, they're hanging out in Jerusalem, and what happens next is people from all over the world, as commanded in the Old Testament, come to Jerusalem. So look at Acts chapter 2 for a second, and look at verse 5. Now that we're staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven— Well, that's interesting. So let's look at the map of the world at the time, okay? This is the ancient world as far as it was extended during the time, and you can see Jerusalem kind of right here in the center. I want you to watch the map, and I'm just going to read for you verses 9 through 11, and I want you to see what you hear on the map. This is who was in Jerusalem at the time. Parthians, Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus, Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and the parts of Liberia near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, we heard them declaring the wonders of God in their own tongues. Did you see, the, did you see some of these names as I was reading them? From all over the world, all these people are gathered in Jerusalem. Now, Jesus had just told them to go, make disciples of all nations. And wouldn't you believe that the very next thing that happens is that all the nations come to them? Isn't that cool? If you keep reading in Acts 2, which I would encourage you to do, there's a point during this festival where this is happening where Peter stands up, and just like we did tonight, except a little more elaborate, stands up and declares everything he had seen and heard with passion. It's pretty cool. You should read the whole chapter, Acts chapter 2, later on. And after he does this, it says 3,000 people believe the message that they were declaring about Jesus. And then guess what happened? They all went home. They went home to all of these places. So when Jesus tells them, go make disciples of all nations, he sends the nations to them. They declare everything they've seen and heard, and then those people spread out all over the world. Is that awesome? I think that's really cool. Without even leaving Jerusalem, they were doing what Jesus had commanded by spreading his story to the ends of the earth, to all nations. But I want to submit an idea to you guys tonight that we can do that here. Now, let me show you something. This is pretty cool. Here's a, camp- here's a map of Grand Valley's campus. 
in the middle of Grand Valley's campus, what do we find? The Cook Do It Center, all right? We're right here in the middle, okay? This is pretty cool. Um, but I, wanted, I want you guys to think about this, because I think like the, the disciples being in Jerusalem, you guys are in a very strategic place right now. So we have Grand Valley right in the middle of West Michigan, right? How many of you guys are from West Michigan? Raise your hand. Okay, so we know that if we were to tell the story here tonight, eventually you guys are going to leave Grand Valley and go out all over West Michigan. That's pretty awesome, right? But check this out. We're also part of Michigan. So how many of you guys live in Michigan somewhere other than West Michigan? Raise your hands. Okay, yeah, that's cool. East side, get some shouts out. That's cool, okay. Now, this gets even bigger. Okay, watch this. Maybe. Eh, there we go. That's the Cook Dewitt Center, still. <laughs> the Cook Dewitt Center. How many of you guys are not from Michigan? Anybody here from another state? Yeah, all right. Okay, um, some of the states, shout them out. Where are you from? Where are you from? Okay, cool. How many of you guys know people from other states that are not here tonight, but that you sit in class with and you talk with and, okay, right? Here's the thing. So now we've got people gathered from all over America right here in our backyard. But wait. There's the Cook DeWitt Center. That's the Cook DeWitt Center on a map of the world. Okay? Anybody here not from America? Awesome. Can you? Yeah, that's so cool. Can you tell us where you're from? South Korea. That's so cool. How many of you guys know people at Grand Valley that are from another country? Raise your hand. Okay. Seriously. Do you see where I'm going with this? There are people at Grand Valley, listen to this, from every county in Michigan. There are people at Grand Valley from every state in America. And there are students at Grand Valley from 83 countries. All right, check this out. This is the list I got off the International Students site. There's some of them right here, right? So I'll just read some of them, like Albania and Argentina and Mexico and Morocco. And it's kind of hard to read that, but check this out. There's more, right? Look at all those countries. Iceland? Who comes to Grand Valley from Iceland, right? <laughs> <laughs> Thailand, the Philippines, Vietnam, Zimbabwe, right? What is it? Yap. Who knew? Yap is a country. Yeah. Spain, Kenya, Libya, 83 countries all have gathered here at Grand Valley. So here's the thing. Just like Jerusalem, when Jesus gave the disciples this commandment to go and make disciples of all nations... You guys are given the same commandment, and all the nations have come to you. They're here. They're all around you. Now, sometimes we think that when you hear go and make disciples of all nations, you have to go to Iceland or somewhere, some other place. But 
You guys are called to be here. You guys are here as students. This is where you're supposed to be. And you still have this commandment from Jesus to go and make disciples of all nations. And he has sent them here. And there's going to be a day when they spread out all over the world. These people that you live life with every single day. It's the people that you sit in class with, the people you ride the bus with, the people that you walk next to on the sidewalk but don't talk because everybody has their earbuds in, right? So these people all around you are going to spread out all over the world, and you guys have a chance every single day on this campus to make disciples of all nations. I think that's really, really exciting and really, really, really powerful. And I also want you to know, I think this is already happening. So let me ask you another question. How many of you guys are here at the well tonight because someone invited you at some point in the semester? Raise your hand. Someone invited you. Now see, someone made a gutsy move and asked you to come, and here you are. It's really cool. (laughs) How many of you guys are here tonight because someone loved you, someone invested in you, someone cared enough to ask how you were doing, someone maybe told you their story about Jesus somewhere along the way in your life, and now you're here tonight to learn more? Raise your hand. It's probably all of us at some point, right? Now, how many of you guys plan to stay at Grand Valley for the rest of your life? Whoa, really? Yikes. We'll talk later. Um, But my point is, every life that you impact here, every risk you take to tell your story about Jesus, Every risk you take to invite someone to come to your life group or come to the well or listen to your story is a chance for you to impact literally the entire world. Do you guys feel this? Twelve boys decided to follow Jesus. And eleven of them stayed true to that and gave their lives to proclaim the message of Jesus. And you know what? We are sitting here right now because they did that. What could happen if 250 of you sitting in here tonight went and did the same thing? How much more could God do on this campus, on this planet? I think that's incredible. Ben says this all the time. You've probably heard him. Never doubt that a small group of thoughtful, committed people can change the world. Indeed, it's the only thing that ever has. Amen? I want to close by showing you guys a video that I stumbled across actually a couple months ago. I thought it would be really cool for tonight. It talks a little bit more about discipleship. That can feel really daunting. I think it's about loving people and sharing your story. So we're going to watch this, and then we're going to sing to close. All right? Therefore, go, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Amen and amen. Thanks for coming. Have a great night.